Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin, the show where we look out for your money. And joining me is Chief Crystal's Officer at Crystal AI, Arun Pai, here to talk about everything that's moving markets uh, in the next couple of days and today as well. What are markets talking about? Well, we have to start, Arun, with the US-China trade deal. The framework of the Phase 1 deal was announced last week, Friday. But doubts seem to be seeping in about whether or not this is actually going to come to fruition. Among the issues, China's threat to retaliate if a U.S. measure on Hong Kong becomes law. And we've seen that piece of legislation already pass by the U.S. House of Representatives unanimously. And this is going to necessitate an annual review of Hong Kong's special trading status. So it looks like, uh, you know, the so-called progress is darkening when it comes to U.S.-China trade talks resuming. What are your views on the potential outlook? Good morning, Michelle. Yeah, like uh, Trump is uh, quite the showman, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He loves his uh, grandiose gestures and statements, came out on Twitter with this whole, you know, $50 billion of annual agricultural purchases uh, from China. But uh, just taking a step back to get some perspective, in 2012 and 2013, when agricultural prices were sky high, China purchased a maximum of $26 billion back in 2017, that number dropped to $19.5 billion, and last year was just under $10 billion. So, uh, you know, while the media will obviously hype up Trump's Twitter statements, taking a look at what uh, the market reacted, soybean prices, for example, it appreciated by, only, by less than half a percent. And this is supposed to be like one of the, this is basically the largest purchase of all time. And yet the underlying agriculture prices, the raw material did not go up that much. Mm. So, you know, it obviously is leading to a bit of confusion whether uh, this trade war, including this whole uh, Hong Kong effect, obviously, whether it will lead to something materializing or not. All of that being said, though, I think all is not lost. Uh, At least Trump seems to be in a much better mood. Uh, Both the countries, both the economies are on talking terms. Uh, The tariff raise from 25 to 30 percent has been halted. Discussions are ongoing about uh, the next round of tariffs, which are going to kick in on December 15th. I think the next thing to look out for is going to be the Asia-Pacific Economic uh, Cooperation Summit in uh, Chile, which is going to be happening next month. If they can actually get pen to paper and at least sign off on this first phase deal, uh, we can at least start seeing green shoots. But until that time, uh, I would hold, uh, you know, any major investment decisions, personally speaking. He's Arun Pai from Crystal AI, where he's a chief crystal officer. Let's switch gears and look at WeWork in the headlines again. Uh, the bosses of WeWork have said that employee job cuts are coming to the tune of 25% of its workforce. And Mark's also looking to SoftBank and JP Morgan Chase actually submitting funding packages. So there could be a helping hand for WeWork. What do you think of this story? Yeah, sadly, one mess of uh, the trade wars to another mess. This is a never-ending saga. Just yesterday, uh, it was announced that a bunch of phone booths in WeWork centers are going to be taken offline because they found an element called formaldehyde, which can lead to cancer 
upon, uh, you know, uh, extreme exposures to it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there's uh, never uh, any good news coming up uh, for WeWork, sadly. They've uh, sold their corporate jet, shut down the school in New York, as you just highlighted, Close to a quarter of their employee workforce will be uh, laid off, sadly. But is this a little bit too late? Time will tell. They kind of have two options in front of them currently. One is SoftBank, which has already sunk in uh, close to $10 billion with them. Uh, They are in discussions to potentially provide $5 billion more, but at the cost of SoftBank taking a majority stake in the company. Uh, it seems the board of WeWork is kind of siding with an option B, which is JP Morgan's uh, debt funding and debt and convertible funding option. But that's going to come at a very steep price. And that price is coming out to be close to 15% uh, yield on uh, the paper. And that's on the back of uh, existing uh, WeWork bonds that are expiring in 2025 are now trading at like close to 80 cents on the dollar, providing like a 13, 13.5% yield on them. So scary times, uh, definitely. Uh, but that being said, while, you know, obviously WeWork is, uh, let's see, like the largest uh, leaseholder uh, for uh, corporate offices in New York, and I think it's the second largest in London, at the end of the day, uh, even if WeWork does go bankrupt, you're talking about like tier, and WeWork obviously has a number of offices in Singapore also. Yes, for you're it. still talking, yeah, but you're still talking about like tier one cities, right? So uh, hopefully you would imagine that the market can recover. Obviously, some uh, REIT prices, at least in Singapore, might be affected to some extent, but I don't envision there to be a massive uh, contagion effect like that of uh, the Lehman bankruptcy, at least. One thing to watch out for, though, is what will be the effect on SoftBank? And will they really tighten up their purse strings? And that can lead to a lot of other smaller venture capital uh, firms down the line, which were hoping for SoftBank to step in and basically elevate their investment holding companies uh, substantially. Mm. What will happen to the returns of those smaller VCs? And then will there be... Uh, will there be enough capital in this extremely frothy space currently? Mm, we'll look out for those ripple effects. In the meantime, yesterday we were all over Wall Street surging, uh, following mostly good corporate earnings. So strong U.S. corporate earnings making the news. Yesterday we saw shares of Dow Components, J.P. Morgan Chase, Johnson & Johnson, United Healthcare moving up. Of course, balanced by Goldman Sachs' disappointing release. Um, do you see highlights when it comes to the corporate earnings? Yeah, I think you uh, touched upon uh, banking stocks uh, for a very good reason, because, uh, you know, they are the bellwether of the economy. And for that matter, they were the first ones out of the gate to announce uh, earnings uh, this week. Most of the banks, uh, Boney, U.S. Bank Corp., Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, outperformed, uh, be it the lowered expectations of earnings, uh, leading to a slight pop-up in their shares, anywhere ranging from 1% to 3%. The Goldman Sachs uh, miss was a bit interesting. Mm. Uh, the CEO highlighted that it was primarily due to their longer-term plays, which are affecting their shorter-term earnings, but they're hoping for to reap the benefits in the long term. And that is split amongst, I would say, three categories. One is uh, Marcus, which is their retail platform. They co-branded a Apple credit card, and they released that uh, to the masses, which was one of the best-received credit cards, apparently, mm-hmm. and spending a lot of money uh, for transaction uh, banking platform. 
Other than that, you know, it kind of connects back to WeWork, where they had to take a substantial loss in their proprietary holdings on both WeWork as well as uh, Uber. So uh, all is not lost. I think there were a couple of uh, extenuating circumstances that led to Goldman uh, missing their earnings. But uh, overall, it seems like the banking stock's uh, earnings uh, uh, you know, held a, to a decent uh, footing, leading to the hope that the underlying economy might not be as bad as expected. Okay, we swing to another headline. Uh, not too pleasant, this one. Mark Zandi, chief economist of Moody's Analytics, saying there's an awfully high risk of a global recession and in the next 12 to 18 months. What do you make of this? So, obviously, the trade war plays a substantial uh, part in this. And, you know, we touched upon this in the beginning of this uh, session, where mm-hmm. if we see all these trade war fears uh, subsiding, you would hope that companies are able to start expanding and putting to work uh, their larger capital allocation payments. Because if you are not sure whether you will be taxed at 25% or 50% from any good coming out in China, you will never ever spend hundreds of millions of dollars of trying to set up a new plant over there. So you start curtailing on these larger capital allocation decisions, which kind of has a ripple on effect where you stop, the companies stop spending, people start realizing that they're not getting like, you know, the better paying jobs because no new job is being created. They start saving a little bit more. And then because of the lack of demand, companies start shutting down more plants and more manufacturing lines. And it's like a race to the bottom. So hopefully, you know, it seems like at least the U.S. and China have gotten their act together to some extent. Uh, We just need pen to paper next month. Uh, Let's kickstart the world economy uh, back to a, be it uh, slowing uh, growth, but at least let's get back onto that trajectory. Okay, we look at Facebook's cryptocurrency, Libra. It looks like uh, the coalition behind it is abandoning ship eBay, Visa, MasterCard, Stripe, all recently announcing they will not be part of Facebook's Libra cryptocurrency project. Is this the beginning of the end? I mean, personally thinking, Michelle, like uh, I'm quite shocked it even got to this point uh, where (laughs) you had such, I think it was like 28 initial partners to begin with. Like this is a company that is mired with so many privacy related scandals, antitrust investigations. The U.S. elections are coming up next year and all these rumors and stuff that Russia got involved extensively. China got involved extensively in the last U.S. elections. The company is dealing with such a big quagmire of mess regulations of just in this non quote unquote non-regulated space. And they want to get into payments. I mean, it's quite shocking, to be honest. But uh, it is what it is. That being said, uh, just a couple of hours back, uh, a governor of the Federal Reserve actually kind of placed some justification to this and actually laid out a core set of legal and regulatory guidelines that if Facebook uh, you know, actually goes forward with this project, they have to stick to which is anti-money laundering, uh, consumer protection, Mm. and the type of financial transactions that will occur uh, via the the Libra cryptocurrency, whether it's more payments or whether it's actual transaction of goods, which leads to like a different licensing condition. So it seems like, uh, you know, discussions are still in the air. And I think uh, David Marcus, who heads up their uh, Libra project, came out also yesterday saying there will be no problem in getting up to 100 members on board. 
So they seem to be going all in on this. I personally think it's a massive mess in terms of regulation, uh, something that Facebook has really not experienced until now. And uh, welcome to the side of uh, financial institutions. Well, here in Singapore, the local business community cheered a little when we heard that Singapore narrowly avoided a technical recession. And then, of course, today we learned that Singapore's September non-oil exports have continued their falling streak with an 8.1% drop. So there could be some revision um, to these these numbers about and whether or not Singapore skirted a technical recession. But overall, do you think that uh, given the fundamentals, there's, there's reason for the business community to cheer? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, like uh, I think headlines aside, the technical recession of like a growth of 0.1% or flat or negative 0.1%, it's kind of like more important to drill down uh, into the nitty gritty of it. And mm-hmm. if you like the services did decently well, they were up to 0.9% but, uh, quarter on quarter. But if you look on uh, to the manufacturing side, they were down three and a half percent year on year. And if you like, there are a number of polls that have been uh, that have taken place with uh, the SME segment, which is the backbone of most economies, especially uh, Singapore in terms of employment, at least. And everyone is projecting, uh, you know, a slowdown and pretend an increase of recession fears, especially in the electronics, precision engineering, and shipping space. So uh, things are a bit scary. There are some green shoots uh, with uh, an increase in spending because of the whole Smart Nation initiative, Mm. as well as uh, 5G. So there is some caution optimism, but, uh, you know, we'll have to see how this thing uh, materializes. Uh, the regulator, though, uh, MAS, the central bank slash regulator, has tried to, you know, lower the effectiveness. And they've been they've done that by adjusting the currency to re- reduce the appreciation of the currency. Uh, Singapore is a bit of a weird or I should say different economy that way because it doesn't have an underlying interest rate like the Fed when it cuts interest rates to try and boost the economy. The way MAS does that is by reducing, in this case, reducing the appreciation of the currency to try and uh, encourage growth. So the regulator is very cognizant of the potential slowdown in the economy and is preemptively trying to take some small steps uh, to mitigate that. Sharing his views on market news, Arun Pai there, Chief Crystals Officer from Crystal AI. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.